Hello, hello. This is Megan. I have an episode. Well, we, I should say, <laughs> me and my friend, Wendy, uh, we have an episode for you today that's about all about big babies. And not all about big babies. We also <laughs> are going to be talking about induction and things like that. But big babies, you guys, this is one of the oh, frustrating things to me. I'm sure, Wendy, maybe it would be to you because you did have larger size babies. So maybe you heard it and felt it. But I just, I remember when I was pregnant with my first, I definitely gained more um, than I anticipated. <laughs> and I swelled on top of that. And I remember going to work and my coworker, I was going to the, to the kitchen to like get something. I don't even know. And he was like, whoa, do you need a wheelbarrow? <laughs> I was like, geez, Louise. And he's like, you've got a really big kid inside you. And I was just like, wow, thank you so much. As I am seven months pregnant and you're telling me I am ginormous, right? And then I just know that like through doula work, we have clients all the time being told like, oh, you're probably going to have a big baby or they start the big baby fear mm -hmm. really early on, right? And so then oh, yeah. it's like in our minds, like, well, am I going to have a big baby? Do I want to have a big baby? What do I do to not have a big baby? And then our minds just spiral, right? And it's not healthy for us to be stressing over the size of our baby, mm -hmm. but we do find ourselves being stressed. Um, and that's, I mean, we find ourselves being stressed without being told we have a big baby. And then when we're constantly told you might have a big baby, that can be daunting and scary. Mm -hmm. So um, if you were told, or if you believe that, or are being told that they believe that you have a big baby today, this is an episode for you <laughs> for sure. And when, you know, we talk a bit about big babies and we're going to talk a little bit more about what is a big baby, right? What do they consider a big baby? Because I've also heard seven pound babies be told that they were big babies <laughs> and they are not big babies. So buckle up. We are going to be talking about big babies, induction and all the things. But of course we have a review of the week. So I want to get into that. And this is from Kelly and she left it on Google. So if you didn't know, you can Google the VBAC link and you can leave us a review right there. Of course, um, Apple Podcasts or message us on Instagram or Facebook or even on our personal um, Instagram at info at the VBAC link. But definitely check out Google because we love your Google reviews. Kelly says, Julie and Megan are fantastic. They are truly dedicated to providing the most up-to-date information on feedback. A great resource. And I agree. I mean, not to toot our own horns, but I do believe <laughs> that we are a great resource. And we are honored to be a resource for you if you are listening. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. 
Hi guys, Megan here. I'm not sure if you knew, but I'm a vaginal birth after two cesarean mama myself. Preparing for my VBAC was tough due to the lack of evidence-based info back then, along with where to find it. Which is why I, along with Julie, created this podcast and our signature course, How to VBAC. The course is self-paced, so you can watch it whenever your kiddos are sleeping or even at school. It's filled with evidence-backed data, tips and advice to help you go after the birth you want and achieve your VBAC. You can find the link to the course in the show notes today or type in the browser thevbacklink.com slash vbac-class. Okay, Miss Wendy. <laughs> hello. You, hello. So you are from well, Michigan? Yep. Are you yep. from Michigan? Yes. Yeah, so you had your babies in Michigan. So born yep. and raised and stayed forever. And that's how mm-hmm. I am born and raised here in Utah. Right. <laughs> haven't ever left. <laughs> but I do love it here. But yes, yeah, so you have two boys. I do. And just love being outdoors and doing mm-hmm. all the fun things. Um, so yeah, so tell us more about you and how these cute little boys brought themselves into the world. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for having me. Yep, so I have two, well, I was about to say little boys, but as <laughs> you are about to find out, they were very large. Not um, so little when they came so out. Little. No, yeah. <laughs> though my older one now has kind of like tapered out, like his, you know, his charts yeah. are coming down, which is crazy. So yeah, I guess I can just get into it. My older son is, he just turned two last month. My little guy is two months now. So they're just about two years apart. Two and two months. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they're great together. It's amazing to watch. Okay. So I guess I'll start with the story of Isaac, who's my firstborn. And then I'll make it on to Levi, who's my second guy. Um, Since we already know this is about big babies, I'll start by saying that I myself was a very large baby. Were you? I was. I was 11 pounds, nine ounces. Um, okay. And my mom is a very, very petite woman. <laughs> I was the third born, though. So I guess that's like a little bit more likely than like your first being really big. Uh-huh. Um, but that was really shocking. And she did have me vaginally. Um, I was just going to ask that. I was yeah. going to say, did she have you vaginally? Yes. Yeah. She did have an epidural, though. And it's funny because after she had me, the doctors were like, wow, we've never had a baby this big. If we knew, we would have had you have a cesarean. So that's crazy. Right. Like she did it. But like, <laughs> so why? Just, right. It's just, uh, it goes to show that that, you know, is a lot of their mentalities that like yeah. it should be that way. Anyways, so for my first guy, I planned for a home birth because I got pregnant like right when COVID started. It was, I think it was June mm. 2020. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, the hospitals were crazy. Like you couldn't, some places you couldn't even have like your partner with you in the hospital. Yeah. So that. And that's like also just, I don't know. I just have never really like feared birth that much. So I was like, okay, that and like Let's these COVID it. restrictions. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to do it at home. Yeah. Yeah. So from the beginning, he was measuring big, like at the 20 week ultrasound, he was 99th percentile, which like was not concerning to my midwife. She's like, oh, you know, like those could be off. Like it's all yeah. good. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> at 33 weeks, I had a small bleeding incident. It wasn't anything crazy, but like it was enough that I went to the emergency room and like got checked out. The doctors at the hospital said I had like 
uh, marginal placental abruption. Oh, um, okay. But it actually never showed on the ultrasound. So that's just like what they said, but like they didn't really know. Mm. It was just like a one-time it was like thing. like a possible happened. diagnosis. Yeah, right. But it was scary, you know. Um, yeah. I had, they like sent like the NICU doctors in when I was there, like just in case, like we may have to induce you. And just like, it right. was scary. So I talked to my midwife and we decided, well, she did say that she would continue to take me if I wanted, but that like there were risks involved. So I ended up changing to a birthing center that was about an hour away. And that's the Ann Arbor Children's Hospital. And they're like very mm. reputable, like a really great hospital. So I felt good going there. And then my midwife became my doula. So that was mm. nice to have her alongside me. Um, yeah. I did the gestational diabetes test. I did it at home with my like finger pricking. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, and with that, it actually showed that like my levels were high. Okay. And so like for a month, I like, <laughs> really healthy diet but then I eventually did the three-hour test uh-huh. and my levels were like totally fine hmm. so I guess like the monitor was faulty I don't know that's what the midwife said so she was like I guess you don't have it and I was like okay <laughs> you're like all right but, great. yeah I was like I guess I'll kind of go back to eating I mean like I didn't eat terrible but I was like not do you, eating like carbs do you think it was because you ate so clean I don't for know. that time that maybe you I don't know it was like you were getting rid of it right I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. But she yeah. just said I didn't. And she said that like sometimes those monitors can be faulty. So it's like very true. Yeah. I'm not yep. sure. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So like I felt really good. I tend to be um, like have pretty smooth pregnancies according to my two that I've had. So it was great. Like I didn't people always ask like, oh, you must have been so uncomfortable with this huge baby. And I was like, I felt fine. It was good. Um, like, and I was how mobile. tall are you? I'm five nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's I mean, not I that tall, right? Yeah, not that yeah, tall. Very I average. do have. I have like half of me is Dutch. The other half is Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like very petite and then very large people. So like, um, I think I just got like more of the Dutch. <laughs> I uh-huh. don't know. Maybe. So I ended up going. I had him at forty-one and six days. So at 41 and four days, I took the midwife's brew, which I know mm. is like super controversial, but the midwife said it was okay to yes, do. Yes. Um, like I was so far along, you know, I, I see people doing it like before their due date or something. Yeah. And, like I think that's when it becomes super risky, but I won't get into that just because it is controversial. But um, <laughs> I ended up taking it twice that day because the first time I like got Didn't the recipe wrong. Yeah. Well, I like didn't do enough. And then I went, oh, I like, yeah. oh shoot, I, that was not right. So then I did it again. Um, and then four hours later, my water broke. And so yeah, that was at 41 and four days. And my mom and sister, they both labored really quick. Like their labors were super oh, fast. Really? So my doula assumed that I would as well, because I guess it's typical to kind of very like, possible, especially mine. when your sister, a lot of people think it's more yeah. like when their mom but mm. I, through my dual work, I've seen that like the sister's births mm. a lot of the time align. But yeah. if your mom and your sister, I would have as right. a dual have been a little bit more on alert. Yeah, you would think, especially because we had to drive like an hour away. Super um, possible. Yeah. 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 Like my sister, her second birth was literally like 30 minutes. Like it was Holy really fast. Smokes. Yeah, yeah. And her first was like a few hours. So she was like, we got to go now. Um, yeah. So we went. 
contractions didn't really start. I ended up being in labor for 29 hours, mm-hmm. which was unexpected. Yeah. And the contractions like came and went. I wanted one of the reasons I wanted to go to Ann Arbor was because they had hot tubs and you can actually labor Ooh. in there. Wow. The other hospitals in Michigan, like you can labor in the hot tub, but you can't actually birth in the hot tub. But at this place, you could also birth. Oh, yeah. Um, but the hot tub did not do good things for me. It mm. slowed down my contractions both times. Like they just completely mm. stopped. Mm. Um, and I and almost that can thought, happen. Sometimes yeah. it's actually because it like, relaxes you so yes. much. I literally felt like I was drugged. Like I couldn't stay awake. Like I just kept falling asleep. So tired. Yeah. Yes. I'm very tired. So that's kind of a bummer that that happened. I don't know if that's like the reason that, you know, things didn't go as planned, but uh, let's see. Yeah. So later, like I, I did get to pushing, like I got to 10 centimeters. I was able to push. Yeah. Little guy just did not descend. So I pushed for an hour and a half and he was like in the exact same position at the beginning that he was after an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I had also like passed that 24 hour period from when my water broke. Water broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did know, you have signs cool. of infection or was it just no. they were like, hey, you passed this mark? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think the more concerning thing was the fact that he had not descended, but it was like that and the mm-hmm. 24-hour mark. Yeah. Were they so. saying anything about your like your position or his position or like were um, they talking about him? I don't think he was in the best position. And I like I feel like my doula wasn't as supportive in like position changes as I thought she would be oh. because like she's a midwife. Like I think she's more of like the medical side of it. And I don't oh, really think about yeah. that. She's like I a monetrice a little bit coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that was kind of a bummer because when the doctors came to me and like suggested that, she's like, Yeah, like we should do it. And I was like, or like do a cesarean. And I was like, oh, really? Hey. Yeah. Like she didn't mm. even say like, Well, like, hey, let's, let's work with hour. this. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, she was kind of like thrown in the towel. But like she could have also been exhausted because like she had been up for like you know like thirty hours too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up going for it. Oh, I was also gonna say that like laboring for me, like contractions were not horrible. Like I didn't get the epidural or anything. And this is another thing. Like my sister would tell me that she, her labors were also like she's like oh contractions weren't that bad. Mm-hmm. And like before I went into labor, I was like oh you're lying. Like there's no way you know yeah. like labor is so painful like that's all I've ever yeah. heard but I did I think get that a little bit genetically from her too because it wasn't horrible Good. like I was I was checked at 10 centimeters by one of the midwives there and they actually sent another one in because they didn't like they were like they to saw. confirm yeah they were like we have never seen a woman like so calm before in labor and I was like oh, wow that's cool. <laughs> you're like thank yeah. you yeah so it's like I was in labor for so long but it was okay because it wasn't like excruciating for right. me. Right. It wasn't um, over the top. Yeah. 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 Which was nice, I guess. Hello, women of strength. Today's episode is brought to you by Needed, the leading women's health supplement brand recommended by nutritionally trained practitioners. Let's talk about lactation. Are you planning on breastfeeding? Or maybe you just had your baby and are looking for some extra lactation support. Well, Needed's lactation support plan pairs three essential products to optimally support your breast milk supply, and it's a great addition to mom's overall postpartum care. The plan includes hydration support, which offers electrolytes in optimal ratios to help replace what is lost through lactation. The powder comes in three delicious flavors, lemon-lime, 
grapefruit, and lightly sweetened with only real fruit. It also includes collagen protein since an optimal amount of protein is needed to support breast milk supply, caloric needs, and the blood sugar balance. As you may know already, the collagen protein is my fave. Collagen protein can easily be added to smoothies, tea, coffee, and other food and drink. And because stress can impact supply, the plan includes needed stress support, which offers clinical strength, herbal stress, and lactation support. Save 20% off your first order of Needed's lactation support plan or any of their perinatal nutrition products at thisisneeded.com using promo code VBAC20. Anyways, so I ended up having him by C-section. He was 11 pounds, 3 ounces. Um, what were they all saying? Like, they were all like, oh, like, that's why he didn't come out. You know, like, your body just, like, your pelvis was, too, was small too small. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and all the while, I'm like, I could have done it. I was like, I know I could have done it because my mom did it. And, like, just having that mentality, like, it's kind of frustrating, especially because, like, the midwife didn't, like, do a whole lot. But, yeah, um, you know, I wasn't angry about it or anything. It was just kind of, like, I was a little bummed. But it's like, yeah, got the healthy baby. Like, he's all good. Like, his blood you sugar You were feeling fine. good about your decision. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad it wasn't an emergency C-section. At yeah. least like, I, I was able to be aware but I didn't have, like, I had my birth plan and I didn't have anything in there for, like, a cesarean, which mm. going into my second birth, I had a section for that because I just didn't even think about it with my first. Um, right. A lot like, of us don't, right? Yeah, right. So I'm kind of bummed that I didn't because, like, I wasn't able to, like, I didn't even think about, like, lowering the drape or, like, having a clear mm-hmm. one. And they didn't suggest that to me at all. So it was just kind of like a run-of-the-mill cesarean. I just kind of went with for whatever. Team the standard was yeah 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 so that was my first guy that was isaac so then for this dude the second guy we conceived about like 15 months after isaac after having him yes after having eyes i'm sorry did i say isaac yeah after isaac we waited 15 months yeah um and like we were kind of shooting for 18 months but like it happened the first time and we're like okay all right (laughs) <laughs> and it was kind of a bummer though because my my home midwife can't like legally take you after a c-section unless you wait 18 months really um, yeah that's a that's lot like michigan in michigan thing. yeah wow okay so like, yeah so i was like okay well that's a bummer <laughs> all yeah, right so i didn't know um, that yeah so i did not go back to ann arbor just because like i didn't want to have to be doing all the long drives with a little guy um, mm-hmm. So we stayed local. I found a new doula who aligned with my Christian and medical beliefs. So we clicked pretty fast. I started at like the basic hospital OBGYN practice, but I ended up switching after one of the doctors was like, you're really going to try for a VBAC after having an 11 pound baby? And she like laughed. And I was like, uh, okay. I guess it's not the <laughs> We're person. done here. <laughs> Right. So I switched. I did a little bit of research and there was one practice that like had really great reviews. I'm on like all these local Facebook groups with moms, you know, and everyone like just said a lot of really great things about them. So I went there. They're a lot smaller. Only had five providers. And like they had a midwife that was going to be starting like a month before I was to for my due date. So that was encouraging too. Mm -hmm. Um, The first appointment I had was with a doctor or the OB. I'm going to call her Dr. A just because I eventually don't have the best experience with her. So I don't want to 
username um but this first appointment was awesome like I was just like oh she's the best like I went through all of like my wishes and stuff and she was like extremely supportive she's like oh yeah like we'll do that like we can do that and that and that and I was like oh this is awesome like no red flags yeah Yeah. like I feel so good after like not having a great experience at the last place yeah so this pregnancy also didn't have gestational diabetes baby measured smaller he actually measured at 60 percent at my 20 week scan so i was like man this baby's gonna be tiny like compared to my 99th percentile kid i just like was really i don't know i don't want to say hopeful because i don't want to make it sound like the babies are bad but i was like oh it's just gonna be like easy well it's the stigma on big babies, it is right yeah. yeah and i just thought if it was a smaller baby like my chances of a v-back would be like way bigger so yep, no pre- or like no complications the whole pregnancy. It was it was fairly easy for me. And then around like 32 weeks or so, my fundal height started measuring like three weeks ahead. Mm. Which is like once you go past like the two weeks ahead, they're like, oh, uh-oh, like big baby alert. So they suggested a growth scan at 38 weeks. Which I was like, okay, like he's gonna be small though. Like, don't worry about it. Right. Uh, yeah. So, and then at 36 weeks, I met with one of the male OBs there. And I just kind of casually asked about inductions and like what my options were, just because I know or I knew with a V back that they're like limited, mm-hmm. but like you can still do them. And he like laughed at me and was like, you can't do an induction. And I was like, what? Like, why? He's like, well, because your your chance of uterine rupture is like so high. Like, we don't do that. And I was like, mm. okay. I just even know what to say because, like, I don't know. I didn't have any like information to like support myself. I was just mm-hmm. kind of yeah. taken back. So that was a bummer. And I was like, I'm never gonna see him again. <laughs> Make sure that he's not the one that's at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So I did get the growth skin at 38 weeks. He was measuring eight pounds, 11 ounces, which was like 96 percentile. Mm -hmm. Um, And even at that time, I was still kind of like, oh, the calculations are wrong. Like, I know it can be off by like two pounds. Like, I'm sure it's just off. And I also just like, again, didn't feel like he was big, just like with Isaac. So yeah, I kind of took it with a grain of salt. I'm like, whatever. But at the same time, I was like, oh, he is big. Like, what if he is like what Isaac? If he so is, yeah. yeah. I actually, that is when I started, that's the week I started listening to the VBAC link, like Yay. religiously. I like constantly had an AirPod in my ear, like always yeah. listening. Because before that, I was just like, oh, I don't even need help. Like, small baby will be fine. But now right. I'm like, uh oh, big baby. baby. Like, I need yeah. support now. <laughs> So I listened to like all the big baby stories, like positive induction stories. And there were a couple that just like really resonated with me. I wish I could remember which one it was, but there was one that you had a lady had like an 11 pound baby, I think after, mm. I don't remember what it was, but it was like all of the things that she went through was like what I was going through. What you, yeah. Yeah. So that was just really awesome to hear. So I'm very grateful for you guys that I found Aww. you. This is just, like, I just feel like it's all mentally like you know part of us physically and like the people yeah. that support you know, but like i don't know yeah like, and when you hear stories it. that even remotely resonate or like kind of follow the same path you're like right okay i'm not alone i'm not right. the only one in the world that is feeling this way or going through right. this or might have an 11 pound baby or have had an 11 pound baby you know right and it's like okay like she did it yeah i can, I can I too can do it yeah. yeah right yeah so that was that was really good to hear
Okay, so then at my next appointment, this is 39 weeks. It was again with the Dr. A from the very beginning. Um, the one that was really supportive. Yes. And again, this time she was really supportive again. And I just felt like really comforted by her. And she was like, you know, like, I kind of suggest an induction, but she's like, but no pressure. Like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to. And I was like, okay, like, thank okay. you for that. Um, yeah. And she was like, you know, like, leave this appointment today. Like, you can call back if you want. Like, again, no pressure. And I was like, okay. And she checked me that day and I was one centimeter, 30% effaced and baby was like super high up. And so she was like, okay, like, you know, it's fine. You know, things can change. And I feel like I've done my research too. And I know that that can change really quickly. And like, I was not concerned about it at all. I also like leaving that day. I felt like super conflicted about an induction. I was like, Mm -hmm. do I wait until my body goes to the labor naturally? Like, do I do an induction? Like, I was just like, I feel like I've never felt Mm -hmm. so, I don't know. Like I couldn't be at peace with either of those options. um and like I talked to my doula and she's like well yeah like the longer we wait like your baby will get bigger and like it could be harder um like I don't know so eventually we talked about it and she's like okay well let's just wait till your due date at least and like let's just do like a ton of natural induction methods I was like okay and I felt great about that I was like another week like I can do this so I did a ton of things all the classic things I don't know you guys ready to leave tea dates yeah walks working walking yeah yes all of the things but the one thing I wasn't going to do was the midwives brew because of my previous cesarean my doula was like that can be like just really intense on your uterus so just like she didn't suggest that so that's the one thing that I did not do let's see so okay and then at my 40 week appointment I met with the midwife who had just come on the month prior and she was super sweet I liked her a lot very down to earth, also very supportive of me. But she pulled out the VBAC calculator, which I, mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like on my due date, like two days before my due date. You're like, really? But, yeah. But like, she was sweet about it. Like, I don't, she wasn't using it as like a scare tactic. She was like, this like might make you feel better to see that like, it was like a 52% chance success. She's like, you know, like, that's 50 50. Like, she was just trying to be more supportive about it. But I found out later that. Dr. A was there and she's the one that had it printed out for her and like brought to me. So I was like, hmm, interesting. I don't know. Dr. A was <laughs> behind it. Yes, she was. And I feel like because the midwife is newer and Dr. A is like, she's like the head of all like the OBs there. So I'm like, that's interesting that they would. Yeah. Up- I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's so outdated. And- a little bait and switch beginning. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was the first little red flag. That was like, that's strange. So then I was checked again. I was still at one centimeter, 30%, and he was still really high up. And so that was like, I don't know, she acted all concerned about that, which again, I wasn't because I'm like, I could like go into labor tonight. Like that doesn't really mean a whole lot. And I guess like my outer cervix was still hard, but like the inner was soft. I don't know. Anyway, so I just yeah. So that that is a thing too, where like the like the outer side is like two centimeters, but the inside, like further up, is closed. Yeah, right. Which is like I just never heard of that, but that was like a huge concern for them, I guess. And I was like, like I don't really know, but okay. And so we started talking about an induction just because my due date was coming, and we were like, well, she's like, well, maybe we can get you in tomorrow. And then the midwife left and went and talked 
to the doctor that would be on call at the hospital that day and she was like mm. so she's not gonna support you with the induction because she oh. thinks it's too dangerous and she <laughs> thinks that a cesarean would be the safest and i was so like she was saying that they'll she would induce yeah well this was a different one actually i haven't talked okay, about this, this doctor. Is a different doctor yeah oh, okay Dr. okay B. okay i don't know um, dr b okay we had dr yeah. a dr b <laughs> yeah different okay. ones but yeah i was like so then we looked into like the next two days because she just like straight up wouldn't even i don't know even i guess consider like, it yeah she wouldn't even consider it just because of my cervix not changing and big baby so yeah. i was really frustrated at that point but it is what it is so we found a doctor that would support me there it was in the same practice yeah yep i didn't necessarily want a male just because i'm more comfortable with females but i was Mm -hmm. like if that's the only guy that's gonna take me like i'll do it yeah Yeah. so after that appointment i actually because i felt kind of like weird and down about it i called back to the office and i wanted to talk to dr a because i still had all these positive experiences with her right. and i just wanted to like hear what she had to say about it and she was like so weird on the phone like super short and rude with me and she was like well you're probably gonna end up with a cesarean like your odds are all stacked against you like your cervix Uh-oh. hasn't changed big baby like and i was like really taken aback just because i had all these great conversations with her and I was like, oh, okay, like <laughs> that's kind of crappy. Yeah. And then I kind of just wanted to hear, I don't know if I was like, I kind of feel like I was like testing her to see where she stood on this. I was like, what would you do if baby had shoulder dystocia? And luckily, mm-hmm. like, like from your podcast and like other stories, like I kind of know what they do if that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and her first response, she's like, oh, we'd have to break the, the clavicle. And I was like, that's automatically? Your- yeah, I, I literally, I was like, that's your first mm. step. And she's like, well, and she like went all scientific and she was like, there's these other techniques and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, we'd literally have to jump on your belly and ignore your screams. Jump on your belly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And she's like, and you know, like you could die or baby could die. And I was <sighs> like, okay. I'm like, I know that, like, I know shoulder dystocia happens and yeah. I know like it can be scary and like, yes you can die but like the chances of that are very slim like the fact that that's the first thing she would bring up and I'm just like I'm so glad that I knew already a little bit about shoulder dystocia because I was Mm -hmm. like if I didn't in that moment I'd probably be like all right like schedule the c-section because like I'm not gonna risk that like it just sounded like that was gonna happen Yeah, yeah it sounds very she scary. literally said that word for word she's like we'd have to ignore your screams <laughs> scream is, yeah jump on your belly and ignore yeah. your screams yeah I just, so after that i was like crying like i was just like so distraught about it just because i'm like yeah. man like the one doctor that i felt like was supportive the whole time like just totally bait and switched me like she's just yeah. not for me at all anymore and so at that point i was like i'm never gonna see her again like <laughs> i just So on my actual due date, so that'd be like two days later, I called back to the OB office and I wanted to talk with a midwife because she had actually been sweet and kind to me the whole time. And I just wanted reassurance and just like someone to talk to. Someone in Um, your corner. Yeah, exactly. 
and so I called that morning at like 8 30 and the lady on the phone was like all right like we can get you in with like a phone appointment at 9 30 because she's here today I was like awesome that's great so I'm like waiting for a call it's 10 o'clock and like I still haven't gotten a call so I called back oh also backpedal a little bit at that like when I first called I was like let's schedule the induction for tomorrow like I kind of felt at peace Mm -hmm. with that finally so that'd be Friday and she's like all right like we scheduled you in so anyways I called back at 10 and I was like hey like I know things can get behind but like I was supposed to have a phone appointment with the midwife and like I just haven't heard anything back just wanted to know like if that's still happening Yeah. yeah and she's like well she's busy now like she can't talk with you and I was like okay <laughs> she just kept asking she's like well what do you want to talk to her about I was like I don't really like want to tell you all of like my fears and concerns you know yeah. like that's not it's not just like a black and white question like right. like a yes or no question and she just kept like pressuring me to like tell her what it was and I was like I just want to talk to her and she's like well you're not gonna be able to talk to her today like, today at all yeah yeah at all and I was like it's my due date like I just like oh I just wanted to talk to someone so that was really crummy. And I felt like if the midwife had known that I was trying to talk to her, like she would have made it happen because she was just like super supportive. Yeah. Um, so I just felt like they were doing this like behind her back. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. It just felt so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very strange. Oh, weaselly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So then on the phone. So actually, okay, I'll get to this later, but the induction method that we were going to do is dilapan, which is like a fully balloon. I know you guys, I think you've talked about it in a couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, but it'd be an induction Friday, and then I'd probably go into labor Saturday. And Saturday was actually my husband's birthday. Mm. And so I was kind of like, well, maybe we should try for an induction Saturday so then I can give birth on Sunday. Sunday just so they like each yeah. have their own special day. So on the phone, I was like, actually, like, do you think we could induce on Saturday? And she's like, well, those are only reserved for like emergency cases i was like okay well like what about monday or tuesday yeah and she's like well let me go ask the doctors so she like left and went and talked to them and she came back she's like they said either friday induction or scheduled cesarean and i was Nuh-uh. like yeah <laughs> oh my gosh oh my so gosh that was like the true bait and switch because i'm like what does like one or two days change like it's just and so i was that was another thing i was just very frustrating yeah fine i'll do friday (laughs) which is funny because like i felt at peace with that at some point but like now i was like i don't know i just felt so angry about it oh yeah it like wasn't my choice anymore like i was being forced into it um so we scheduled that yeah so next day which was yeah so friday like we got to have like a nice family day together which was good like it was relaxing we went into the hospital Friday night at 4 p.m. and did the dilapan, which, like, just for people maybe listening that don't know what that is, it's kind of like fully balloon, but it's like they're like tiny little tampon sticks that they stick into your cervix. Um, and it just, I don't know, I guess they just like take up liquid and they will expand. And so it like manually expands your cervix or like opens it up, dilates it. So they got seven in there, which they said like four onwards i guess is typical so before that happened though i was at a one to two centimeters and 50 percent effaced so i had gotten a little bit better since like two days ago yeah um so that was exciting but so they ended up doing that 
it's funny i actually had a um very young male student do it <laughs> which i was oh. like, not super psyched about but he like was about to do it and didn't put lubrication on like the spreader things oh. and the person training him was like um did you put lubrication on there he's like oh no i was just like uh. oh. so i was like super tense the whole time like oh this is the worst yeah. um, so that wasn't fun but i'm like in hindsight i wish i had been like can i not have the student like can i just have the rn do it yeah but i'm not very good at speaking up for myself so mm. didn't do that <laughs> so i went home that night it didn't feel uncomfortable it just kind of felt like pressure like you can't really feel it in there yeah um which that's the like benefit i guess to dial a pan versus fully balloon because i think most of the time you have to be you in the hospital sure yeah, yeah and and some hospitals painful. will do it and send you home yeah that's what i've heard but yeah. i don't think it's a little like more rare the norm yeah yeah it's a little bit more rare and they kind of want to have you there so they can monitor you right right which makes sense but i think maybe the dialopan is just a much slower process so they can mm-hmm. send you home so then we went in that morning at 7 30 a.m on saturday they took it out when i was at three centimeters and 60 percent effaced so yeah, it had done great stuff, progress yeah. Awesome. yeah and so i started getting pitocin at 10 a.m and the the ob cleared me for doing two units every hour and he okayed me up to 30 units which i feel like is wow. a lot i know yeah. i was like that doesn't normally seem it's like, like a gentle 20. yeah normally yeah. it's 20 before they have like an mfm at least here in mm-hmm. Utah, yeah. it gets like to 20 and then they have MFM come and review. And then mm. a lot of the times IUPCs um, yeah. are placed so they can mm. know exactly what's going on and really manipulate it. Right. Dirty. Yeah, so yeah. I was a little surprised. I didn't reach that, but I was like, that seems really, that seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. But So my doula came pretty quickly after the Pitocin started. Didn't really feel major contractions for a while though but it was nice to have her just to talk and stuff yeah um we did a lot of hallway walking tried to take naps which i know it's like you want to be active like on your feet and doing stuff but i'm like i'm just mm-hmm. tired like i did not sleep the night mm-hmm. prior because i thought i'd go into labor and i didn't so i just was going on zero sleep um yeah. so we just did a lot of walking and just hanging out so by 4 p.m i started having pretty intense contractions um where like i couldn't talk through them and then I maxed out on pit at 18 units. I was like, my cutoff, but like they were consistent and good. Yeah. Like you didn't um, need any more. Yes. I did not need 30. Which was good. Really um, good. Yeah. So the doula and my husband did like a ton of counter pressure pushes for me, which was a game changer for me. I know like the classic counter pressure is like on your hips squeezing, mm-hmm. but for some reason I wanted them to like use their thumbs and push like right next to my tailbone. Like that oh, felt the best. Sacrum. Uh-huh. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, probably in that I mean, sacrum area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they pushed like super hard. Like they kept checking on me. They're like, are you sure you're okay? Cause this is like really, really hard, hard pushing. Yeah. And I was like, push harder. It's <laughs> the hard as you can. Uh, I had a mom have it one time. She's like, can you just use your elbow? We were like, yes. Yeah. that's what I want. Okay. <laughs> it's like as hard as you can. I need yeah. it. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny, actually. Maybe not funny. My husband doesn't think it's funny. <laughs> His thumbs are like still kind of messed up from it. Oh, like he thinks so he much has pressure. issues with his thumb now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. But it was great in a moment. <laughs> like, thank you so much. Yeah. Like, sorry. You're, I don't know. Maybe you messed up forever. But 
He's like, I'm going to go to Cairo for my Just a healthy reminder that you were an active participant (laughs) in our son's birth. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So at 6.30 p.m. So, yes. A couple hours later. Yep. I like threw in the towel for hallway walking. I was like, I'm exhausted. I just want to come back. Um, And my doula did one more big like counter pressure squeeze. My water broke. And it was mm. just like the classic like movie scene, just like whoosh, everywhere. All over. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. And I was like, yes, finally he's coming. And then at like 8 p.m., I was around seven to eight centimeters. So I was like okay, progressing really progressing very well. Right, yeah. yeah. Compared to my last kiddo. Because I was, I know like kind of the rule of thumb is like usually the time is like split in half for mm. each like next After, child. Yeah. Yeah. So I was expecting like 12 hours. And this was a lot faster than 12 hours. Um, yeah which is awesome at 9 p.m i was nine centimeters and 90 percent effaced and i felt like super pushy like everything in my body was like push this baby out yeah but i wasn't fully dilated or faced and they were like you cannot push (laughs) and that was literally like the most painful thing i don't know it's just like when everything in your body is just like it was hard and i was really shaky too and i felt like a little bit nauseous at some point yeah, so I was just like curled up on the side of the bed. Like I just could not move. Like I don't know how people can keep moving through labor. I just I couldn't do it. It was yeah. very painful. My doula told me to do like horse lips throughout mm-hmm. the contractions, like to not push. Yep. Yeah. Um, which did help. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. Just for you guys all listening, if you are not quite progressed to attend and ready to push, but have that urge. Mm-hmm. Horse slipping is a really, really great tool to help you avoid pushing and causing like a swollen cervix or something like mm-hmm. that and can actually help you cope just in general. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a really great tool. It was. The only thing is like every time I would take a breath, like my body would start pushing again. So I uh, like would take really short, short breaths. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was hard. My nurse also gave me like a tiny comb to squeeze. And at yeah. first I was like, that's stupid. But I was like, okay, fine. And that was like my lifesaver. I it's held like on to a, that thing. It's so amazing, right? It is. Yes. Yeah. And I like, it was a little tiny, like plastic one. Like, I think it's for the babies to like brush their hair afterwards to like get stuff out. But I'm like, maybe I should have gotten like bought one before. Like now, you know, maybe like for my future birth, I would get like a hardcore one that wouldn't yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have one um, just from like the beauty supply store and we actually have a tall one and a short one in my doula bag. So for people who have a little bit bigger hands and it's taller. Yeah. Yeah. It it is a good tool. It's a really awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, your hand definitely feels it after, depending on how tight you you squeeze, but yeah, it's a really, really great coping tool. Yeah, for sure. It makes your brain just focus on a different pain. That's a little bit more manageable. So, okay. So yeah, at 10 PM, I was ready to go. So um, not much longer felt like forever, but finally came. So I was like, all right, let's go. I wanted to be on my hands and knees just because like, from what I've heard, that's like the best position. If baby does have shoulder dystocia, so I was like, I want that. But baby's heart would decelerate, I guess, when I was in that mm-hmm. position. So they were like, mm-hmm. he doesn't like that. Like, we can't that. have you. Yeah, so I ended up on my back with my knees up, and I did like the pole bar with the sheet. Yeah, um, I call it tug which, of war. Uh, yes, I I was sore for days after that. Like my arms were so tired. Oh, yeah, 
Because yeah. I was like pulling with all my strength for an hour straight. Yes, you were literally yes. doing pull-ups. Yes. And assisted pull-up, right? You had right. an assisted pull-up. But yeah, yes. and sometimes the neck muscles hurt. So if you yeah. are doing that, have your birthing partner or your doula or whoever support your back of your neck so you're yeah. not straining your neck. That's a good point. I think about that. But yeah, I'm like, I, you know, didn't really work out that much, especially not my arms. I wouldn't have thought of that. But I'm like, yeah, okay, you should work out your arms next time if that happens again. Cause I yeah. just, but in the moment, I did not feel that pain in my arms at all. It was just afterwards. Yeah. So, that was awesome. They gave me a mirror, like a full length mirror in front of me, which was awesome. I loved that. So like every time I pushed, I could like see his head coming out and like I could see his like little black hairs. Yeah. Um, it can actually was, reduce uh, the time of pushing because you can yeah. see, you can connect right. with your eyes with what you're feeling. Right, exactly. Really so cool. it's like every time you have like a really good push, like you could see him coming out a little mm-hmm. further and it's just very empowering yeah Uh yeah definitely it was on wheels though and it kept moving and i was like i can't say anything um so but no it was good i had a nurse that was there that was really intense it kept like yelling at me like the other ones were very like soft-spoken but she was like keep pushing like don't give up was just like really intense energy but like i loved it and i needed that and just yeah, afterwards, my doula was like, I wasn't sure if I should, like, step in, if she was, like, crossing any lines. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I needed that She was that fine. Yeah. yeah. She was great. So, I ended up birthing him at 11.03, which is funny because he was, ended up being 11 pounds, 3 ounces. Which Stop! Was, yeah. Is that funny? Like, the time? Yes. And then... I was going to say the that... times. It was, like, I was 70 centimeters around 7 to yeah. 8. I was 9 centimeters right. at 9. I've been yeah. noticing that. Isn't that funny? And then he was also the exact same weight as Isaac. So I don't know. And on and my husband's born birthday. Vaginally, yeah, yes, I was say, and on vaginally. your husband's birthday. Yeah. yeah. So that was awesome. So um, no shoulder dystocia? No, he shot out like very quickly. <laughs> mm. I guess all the nurses were like in shock that he was so giant. And that he, my doula was like, he just like kept coming out. Like he was so long. She yeah. just has never seen such a big baby. She was also in shock. <laughs> like, this baby just kept coming and coming. Like, how um, did you fit him in there? I don't, I don't know. I don't oh know. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's funny, though, because my first guy was at, like, basically 42 weeks. And this one was basically my due date. So I'm like, man, if I did go another two weeks. The 42 weeks, you might have had a 12. Yeah. At least, yeah. Or 13, 13 or something. Yeah. So, um yeah. because I did have such a positive induction experience like I am glad that I went that route yeah just because I don't know like it was it was good yeah um, and like I know it could go bad as well like I've heard both sides of the induction story but it worked out for me and I got a healthy baby so it, it was all good. so grateful um, yes yeah so next not so fun part of the story is like I I tore really bad which is probably because it came out so fast (laughs) yes yeah especially so because they were wanting to prevent shoulder dystocia they like Mm. as he was coming out they like shoved my knees up really fast um which you know is probably a good thing but i think that also probably didn't help with the shoulder or the like tearing Tearing. because i just like they like tore me apart but note to listeners you like you really don't feel the tear like i know everyone says that and i feel like people still fear it but like yeah you don't feel it like 
maybe later in healing and stuff yeah. but in that moment like it's not anything and like i didn't have an epidural either so like i did feel all of it and i just like it was fine but so pretty like i got him on my chest right away he was like covered in blood like i did bleed quite a bit and they were like oh you like you got a third degree tear like it's pretty bad so they started stitching me like immediately so i had to give my mm. baby to my husband i didn't get my golden hour which mm. is what it is I was just like so joyous that I was able to yeah. have him vaginally that I was like, everything else is okay. Like, yeah, he's, here, he's healthy. He's like, safe. That mattered to me so much yes. that it's yes. okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like our time will come. So she started stitching me. So it was actually the RM that was stitching me, not my OB oh. doctor. Like he That's never even like, he never even stepped close to me. He was like off in the dark corner. Because they had like a spotlight on me, the room was dark. Interesting. Over. Yeah. So this RN, she did it. <laughs> the stitching took an hour and a half. Um, she did not seem very confident, is what my doula said. Like she's been to a ton, and she was like, she just seemed like she wasn't like she was like stressed out about it. Yeah. And she was confused that like my OB never stepped in, and she was yeah, like, in hindsight, really- like she wishes that she had gone to my OB and been like, you need to hey, take over. Hey, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Like I get that they need to like learn how to do these things, but like you should be watching her and like I don't know. It's Anyways. weird. I've never seen an RN. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the greatest experience as you're about to find out. So it was an hour and a half. I felt so much of it. Like I could feel the needles. Like they were giving me lidocaine shots. Like obviously I could feel the shot going in, but like it just like wasn't numbing anything like i probably didn't feel it a hundred percent but like i felt it enough that i just like was not comfortable at all (laughs) they were just like just stop moving and i'm like i can't like i'm in so much pain right now um so they did a ton of lidocaine shots and then they were like well do you want to do like the nitrous oxide i was like i guess so but like that doesn't make the pain go away it just like makes you feel high and that you know like I still felt it. So then they tried putting pain stuff like in my IV and that also like didn't really do anything. So I just kind of sucked it up for the hour and a half. Oh um, yeah, it was super long. <laughs> and then at the very end, for some reason, I was at the end, they checked my rectum and they're like, oh, you have another tear up there. We're going to have to undo all of it. <gasps> and no. Undo it. no. Yeah, because it was so deep and internal, like they can't get to it yeah and i was like oh that's great awesome so they were like well we should probably take you to the or to do it because it's just too much like yeah yeah, i don't want to go through that again so that's what we decided on the anesthesiologist came in he was like on the phone and he sounded kind of like stressed out and he like looked at the lidocaine bottles on the table and was like i don't know he was like panicking about it and Mm -hmm. he was like I just don't have any options left is what he said on the phone. Like, and so my doula was saying that they probably gave me way too much lidocaine. Like there was just like too mm-hmm. much in my body that he yeah. was trying to figure out like the How numbers for could, like, yeah, right. Like, I don't know, be able to take me to the OR. So that was kind of, mm-hmm. that wasn't fun. But then he came in later. He's like, so spinal tap or general anesthesia. And so we went with spinal tap so that I could like nurse baby yeah. afterwards kind of crappy though because it like felt like i was getting another c-section because i like because you went, went to the or i got a spinal yeah. tap like it felt like it was happening again yeah which 
is what it is. Oh, I also had, before I got wheeled off, this nurse came in and she's like, uh, here's a consent form for you to sign to give your baby formula. And I was like, like, it wasn't even a question. She was just like, sign it. And I looked at my doula because I was like, I like, I don't, I don't want that. And she was like, can you just give her 10 minutes to like nurse her baby before we go in the OR? And the nurse yeah. was like, like, I, yeah, it's fine. Like she was so oh annoyed by it. Yeah. I was like, okay. Like it's not going to take that long. So I was able to nurse him. He latched really well. He's a great good, nurser. Um, that was nice. Went to the yeah. OR. It took maybe like an hour or an hour and a half. And then afterwards, like as soon as he started getting hungry, they were able to join me, which was really nice in the yes. whatever the rooms that you go to after yeah the hour, like I mean. mom and baby and yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 so that's great oh and then the, R- the rn came to me later and she's like actually it's really great that we took you to the or because you did have some retained placenta in you oh. um oh. Like, oh that's good <laughs> that that happened yeah. i just wish we had done that first maybe yeah. <laughs> instead oh. of all the other stitching but yeah so Levi ended up being super healthy. They kept checking his glucose, of course, because my giant baby, <laughs> like, yeah. he was fine. Um, yeah. All was good. It was just, it was a very redemptive birth. Like, I felt like it Absolutely. went way better than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Um, it was just awesome. And I was able to, like, now I can, like, prove people wrong that thought that, like, I couldn't birth an 11 pound baby because my first, yes. I'm like, yes, I did it. <laughs> I did like, do it. it. Possible. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's um, funny, the, the day that I was going to be discharged, Dr. A was supposed to be there or, like, was there. And I was like, oh, like, the whole day before, I was like, I'm so excited to be yeah. like, I did this. I did like, this. even after you tried to scare me, yeah. but I should never showed up. So that was. Oh, maybe she didn't really want so, to be told she was wrong yeah probably not but i'm hoping i see her one day so i can tell her that i did it yes i'm sure but, she knows i'm sure she yeah. knows oh, yes know. but maybe she would still stand by what she said but i don't know yes Made it oh well congratulations yeah. thank you huge yeah. congratulations i mean the medical term for big baby or macrosomia like mm-hmm. big you know it's just so hard because researchers show that it's like eight pounds 13 ounces you know or to like nine pounds 15 ounces and then babies are called extremely large if they <laughs> were, if they weigh more than 11 pounds mm-hmm. so congratulations on having an extremely <laughs> large baby oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> um I want, okay i want to show one more little thing so i had another a friend that was due like a week before me that also had a c-section with her first and then she was also trying for VBAC. so the whole time we were like encouraging each other and stuff and and she wrote me this letter afterwards and i wanted to share it because it was really sweet um just because like i've always been so passionate about birth especially with like a home birth like i just were planning for a home birth with my last like did a lot of research and like yeah i've just heard a lot of stories so i would always like tell her those things and but I just, you know, I just thought it was just like talking. But anyways, yeah. I'm going to read this little card because it just made me feel really good that like your words do matter. Um, yes. And especially with birthing. So she said, I will forever be grateful for your friendship. I would not have had the confidence to go through the process of fighting for my right to have the birth I wanted. I will forever credit your friendship as the reason I had a V back. And for that, I can't thank you enough. Mm. 
um so yeah that was really sweet and it just kind of like gave me the power to be like all right I'm just gonna keep sharing my story and yes really grateful that I was able to be on your show so thank you (laughs) thank you thank you so much and congratulations to you and your friend and yeah thank you so much for for sharing this because yeah we know that so many times people are left in that corner of defeat of like oh I guess I'll just schedule a c-section you know right right. so but there are options there's always options Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, the worldwide database for VBAC doulas, and more, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.